Life as a man is not a walk in the park. It's like a video game. You start from absolute nothing. You start from zero. You have no intrinsic value. It's up to you to level up your skills. You work on your fitness, your fighting skills. You work on your finance. You make sure you become important. You have to do something so you're not just the average Joe Smo. You have to do something to become a force to be reckoned with. Capable of defending yourself and your family and carving out a reality which is worth living in the world today. You grind, you hustle, you build your money-making skills until you're not just getting by with a nine-to-five boss telling you what to do. You become rich and influential. You become a real player in the game of life. You start this game solo, but you can't win it alone. You need a team, a crew that's got your back, who pushes you to be better. No one in history has ever achieved anything important by themselves. Every fighter had a coach. If you went to the moon, NASA was on the ground. You always had somebody supporting you. You had to be part of a team. As the levels of the video game progress, you need higher attributes. You need better qualities of your character to succeed and pass the levels, and life is absolutely no different. You do not have time to waste. You must increase the capability of your character. You must become a better version of yourself because the game is only going to become harder. That is why you're inside of Hustlers University. It was muted, Tristan, so you have to say it all again. I know it was a secret of the universe that you gave away, and it was super important, and you promised. You said, when I tell the secret to the universe, no matter what happens, I can't possibly repeat it. Yeah, I did. No matter what happens. No matter what happens. I did say that. So instead, I'm going to welcome you all to Emergency Meeting Episode 15. Have we only done 15 emergency meetings? It's got to be more than that. It's got to be more. I feel like we've done an emergency meeting every day for the last 100 years. Do I need to play the Mr. Producer again? No, you don't. Okay, I'm off. Cool. Right, T, it's on you because I'm, I'm smoking. So it's one of them days, you know, I'm just going to smoke and that's it. And I'm going to watch, sit here and do an emergency meeting by myself with no script. Go on then. You go on then. As usual, me carrying the show, proof carrying to the world, the proof to the world, Mr. Producer. So first, we're going to talk about a few things, but the first thing I want to do is I want to laugh at absolutely everybody who's at Burning Man. Have you seen this? Oh yeah, Burning Man, uh, Loser Fest. Loser fest yeah. where there's like six hot girls who go total and then they post pictures and it tricks people into going and everyone's just a fat, degenerate, weed smoking redneck. You know what, Tristan? That's a very astute observation. I think you might be right. I think there's like six to 10 girls who go, but their intention is not to 
be at Burning Man. Their intention is to get pictures yes. of themselves at Burning Man. And to dress in really skimpy outfits. And they That's hang out right. with the owners of Burning Man. And if you go there, you won't see them. Ever. So 10 super hot girls go. And they take a bunch of pictures. And they put it on Instagram. And then they hang out with literally the owners of Burning Man in some VIP tent where everybody's naked. You're a nobody. So you go to Burning Man looking for post posts. Those girls aren't there to be seen. Yeah. You're there in a crowd, 80 dudes to 20 girls, yeah. and the 20 girls are barely female. Yeah. Everyone's high out of their minds. Yes. That's a typical Burning Man experience. But God bestowed further hardship upon the peasants this year, which has pleased me. Have you seen the mess yeah, they're I living in? You have. God sent the floods. God sent the floods to upon burn. the heathens. So let's see if we can do this. Than this. Oh, I'm so fucking cool, bro. Look at that. Doesn't okay. get better than me. Great. So, Burning Man's for Losers. Burning Man's for Losers. Wait, let me uh, load it up. Is this it? This is the link. Nice. So, it's in a dry riverbed, but obviously the riverbed's not very dry this time. Apocalyptic mud. Again. But why? Question, genuine question. Why would you go to Burning Man in the first place? Is uh, it because of those six hot girls you saw on Instagram once? And then you get tricked. Exactly why people go. And you get tricked into thinking that it's just full of really hot girls. The thing is, I actually, I actually know some of those hot girls who go to Burning Man and they just hang out at my house. So I don't have to go. I don't actually have to go and stand in the mud. And when you're at Burning Man, what do you do? pitch it to me so i go i go there i'm okay. at burning man i'm there all right it's hot there's sand right okay yeah, yeah. you're you're no no showers you're in a tent okay uh you sleep uncomfortably sleeping on sand is horrible horrible all right. and i guess you take drugs and there's music i don't get it bro i'm in festivals I just sold myself festivals are bullshit i seriously don't get it i actually think probably the most peasant minded activity is a festival i agree to I stand agree. in a crowd and scream at some artists like they're god and they're jesus and you're going to sit there and just suffer terrible conditions surrounded by sweat and other peasants jumping up and down and i do see sometimes some of these festivals have like a cool led screen or something but a big tv is not enough reason to go out to i've got a big tv in i've got a big tv at home don't so it. it really doesn't make sense. So I'm super glad that everyone at Burning Man is suffering. Yep. And most people are not perspicacious enough to reflect on their own life choices. But it's actually amazing how good you become at things if you reflect. I talked about this at the War Room meeting, which we're about to get into. And I talked about how without reflection, without feedback, you're never going to become good at anything. And most people do not reflect and feedback on life. Let me give you an example. I get constantly complimented on the fact that I am amazing at speaking and I'm amazing at making people understand why I think the way I think. And people ask me how I got so good at it. And then someone idiot will go, well, he practiced. It's not just practice because all of you speak all day, every day. So you all practice. practice the reason I am, you've been practicing your whole life and you're still shit. You'll still sit there and try and explain to me your idea. And you'll say, um, I can't stand people to say, um, I thought you spoke English. Um, 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 bruv, it's your, it's your first language. If it's your second language, cool. If it's your first language and you're saying, um, or ah, you just seriously look in the mirror and understand, try and work out why you're so dumb. Mm. So the reason I'm so good at it is because I feedback. I watch myself back. You can't say dumb without, um, I watch myself back and I learn 
And you can do this with all things in life. I don't think anybody at Burning Man is looking at their terrible situation and actually looking around and going, what am I doing with my life? How did I end up here? <laughs> how did I gear? I tried to come here. I tried. I'm stuck in the mud. There's nowhere to piss. There's no food. I can no longer evacuate the situation. Burning Man's officially over, but because of the mud, no one can leave. They're right. trapped there for days longer. And all the celebrities and people with money have bounced. On, heli on helicopters. On helicopters. Of course they have. Course so you're just sitting there. The mud with you. And are you actually looking at yourself going, how did I end up in this place? How do I make sure I never end up in this place Suck again? Mud. No self-reflection. Like a worm. Burning Man actually used to be a big thing. I remember when it was big and it was all over Twitter and Instagram. And now it happens. And if it wasn't for the floods, I don't think anyone would even talk about it anymore. Nobody cares. I actually feel like the public consciousness has shifted. We talk about the culture war, but I feel like we're winning. Because things that used to be cool, which were all obviously satanic, like Burning Man. Yep are now no longer cool. If you five years ago said, I've just been to Burning Man, everyone would be like, hey, cool. But nowadays, I really believe if you say, I've just been to Burning Man, most people look at you and go, why? You're an idiot. Whereas people, the consciousness of, oh, I just got into great shape. Like people are changing, I'm telling you, even influencers, even people who I would have detested years ago are making like fitness journeys and fitness transformations and stuff. And I think that's the effect you're having on the world. Bro, I, re yeah. I remember three, four years ago, and I'm not trying to start beef with anyone on the internet, it's not my style. But I remember there was some famous influencers. There was that James Charles and that guy who puts the makeup on, blonde guy. I don't know his name. Jeffree Star. Yeah, they're all super famous and they were everywhere. And now I don't see them anywhere. Mm. Nobody cares about them anymore, which is good. Yeah. It's good for the world. I think the world is growing in consciousness and we're no longer just buying into this absolute satanic crap. I think the things that used to be cool, people are waking up and going, no, this is not cool. It's cooler if I actually train really hard and make a bunch of money and pray to God and look after my family. Why am I going to Burning Man? That is satanic. It is. It is pretty satanic. And I think people are starting to wake up from it. And that's good for the world as a whole. And there's actually very few influencers left who do not stand for something moral, which have any relevance. And the ones that do have relevance only have relevance because they're being constantly and endlessly wrecked. Oh, endlessly wrecked. Endlessly, endlessly wrecked. wrecked. I think everybody knows what I'm talking about. You do. I do. Right. That's bad. <sighs> Did you see the clip of uh, Aiden Ross being shown? the picture bro i'm trying to stay pure i don't want to no, i'm just saying aiden but there's a clip of dylan and aiden sitting together and the picture gets shown to aiden i've seen the picture i know i know you've seen the picture i've seen the picture anyway this is his decision it's his life and i think what happens and i think people are starting to understand and learn that if you're going to go through life without standing for anything and without any kind of moral fiber or with standards or any standards or without a soul that you're going to end up being punished by God. You have to be on one side of this fight. And a lot of people don't understand that the people who are in charge of the world are genuinely evil. And if you're not going to take a stand against them and you're just going to sell your soul for material possessions and think, well, I'll just get really muscly, make a little money and just, you know, skirt the line of entertainment and be a clown for the matrix and I'll be fine. You'll learn that God is unhappy with you and you will be continuously and endlessly wrecked until the end of human time. And no matter how well you try and plan or think ahead or do good, Allah is the best of planners and you will continue to be embarrassed for the rest of human history. And that's why it's so important you do the right thing all of the time, which is also why it's important you do not go to Burning Man because it is satanic. I can't imagine anything good. I can't imagine God looking down on Burning Man and being pleased with what he sees. What people squat pooing. Yeah, nothing righteous or noble goes down to Burning Man. Squat pooing in the mud. Taking an E. And then dance into the music. And then talk about my spirituality. I learned so much about myself. What did you learn?
Tell me what you learned. Sit down and give me a very interesting insight. Tell me something about the world I did not know while you took a poo in the mud. How to get a train run on you in a latrine. That's what you learned. Ridiculous. So, on to real things. Burning Man, if you're in the mud and you see this afterwards, because obviously you have no electricity right now, you are a loser. And it is very funny. <laughs> it's hilarious. So, congratulations. You're stuck in the mud. How do you get stuck in the mud? It's 2023. I'm stuck in the mud because it rained. You have to go out to the middle of the desert and be a loser first. That's Step so, one. So gay. Right, everyone, I want you to get a pen and paper at home because what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you an insight into the topics we speak about at war room meetings. Yeah. What just happened is a we had a taste. Flavor, a sprinkle. A sprinkle. So we had a war room meeting here at my house. 50 war room members came and we were raising money for Tate Pledge. And all of that money is donated to children in war-torn countries because as much as my haters try to attack me endlessly, no matter what they tried to do, they cannot beat me because karmic retribution is going to come back and destroy them all as I actually feed starving children and all they do is hate because they're negative people. I'm a positive person. I'm they a positive force for the world. I, I doubt most of them could feed their own families if they had one. And feed themselves. Brokies. Or DNGs. Brokies. DNGs, yeah. So we're going to show everyone the war room event that happened. And we're going to TNG all today. Uh, the TNG talks about himself enough. We'll do it. But I'm going to show everyone what happened at the war room event. And then we are going to talk about the different subjects that we discuss at war room meetings because a lot of people are curious what the war room actually is and what we talk about. So let me put this video on for you. They say network is net worth. They also say you're the sum of the five people you spend the most time with, and that's absolutely and utterly true. And I spend all of my time with one of 4,000 members of the war room. I have zero friends who are not in the war room. Anyone I knew before the war room existed has now joined the war room, and all of the new friends I've ever made in my life are war room members. Because anybody who understands how this world is going, understands you need a strong network, understands brotherhood, understands hard work, understands discipline, understands competence, understands becoming a feared opponent in all realms of human endeavor, unmatched perspicacity, sheer indefatigability, making as much money as possible to give an impact on the world, moving the world with finance and currency while also being strong and hardworking. Do you, do you understand how much value exists in simply having access to a network full of men that have honor? I've made over $100 million in war room enterprises, and I've never used a contract. Just a handshake. We just agree. We write it out on WhatsApp. You get this much, I get that much. Boom, shake hands, done. I've never had anybody snake me. Isn't that incredible? People join my network from all around the world. Sometimes I haven't even met these people yet. But because there is honor instilled within the war room, because it is about brotherhood, people feel too much shame to betray their brothers. Peer pressure is real. Negative peer pressure, but so is positive peer pressure. And the war room is a pressure cooker of positive peer pressure. If you're amongst us, you can't be the only man who did not train that day. You can't be the only man not trying to make money. You can't be the only man who isn't getting up and deciding that motivation isn't real, but discipline and dedication is, and he's gonna do exactly what he's supposed to do regardless of how he feels. Every single time I meet war room members, I'm reminded by how brilliant the network is. Of 30 guys who came over, when you join the war room, you have a chance to meet me in person probably the only way you're ever going to meet me in person. You're never going to meet me unless you're a member of the War Room. I only meet War Room members because they have been vetted. I understand that they are doing exactly what I believe a man should do and what they understand a man should do to become as competent as humanly possible because I don't need loser friends. And 30 War Room members have come over, 15 I met before, 15 were brand new, and all of the brand new members who I've never yet before seen have far surpassed my expectations. Genuinely amazing, good people, just good people. The War Room is unlike any other organization on the planet. And as the world gets more chaotic, since the dawn of human time, 
life has always been the same. When you're a man and things go wrong, when the S, don't want to swear, hits the fan, it is your brothers who can help you. When things really go wrong, you're responsible for protecting your wife. You're responsible for protecting your kids. They can't help you. You have a duty to them. Who has a duty to you? Only your brothers. It doesn't matter if we were living in the year 1500. It doesn't matter if we were living in the year 1000. It doesn't matter if it was the year 500 and we were peasants. If a king, if a tyrannical overlord appeared and decided to murder the peasants, the only chance we would have is to band together as brothers and resist. Nothing has changed. It's only brothers that agree with you, understand your worldview, who have enough honor to die beside you, enough dignity to do the right thing, who you can call on when things go wrong. And if you're a man going through life without any kind of brotherhood, without any kind of fraternity, then you are certain to be destroyed. I'm so smart, but I said something there which is absolutely not really true. When things get difficult in your life, the only people you're ever gonna truly be able to rely on are your brothers. You have your wife for emotional support and that's nice and you have your children and they make you happy, that's you great. But you support them. When things actually go wrong, you're responsible for them. Who is responsible for you? It's only gonna be your friends and your brothers that you can rely on. It's been the same since the beginning of human time. I said it here in the video. I said, if a tyrannical overlord were to try and oppress you and decide to destroy you, the only chance you would have of survival is to band together with your brothers and resist. And I spoke about this at length. And a lot of people asked me, Andrew, what country should I move to? What's going to happen to America? What's going to happen to the world? What's going to happen to the dollar? And we can talk about all these things at length. But truthfully, no matter what happens in the world, you need to have a network of extremely intelligent men with a lot of money who are paying a lot of attention, who are working very hard, who you can trust. Because no matter what happens in the world today, if you have that, you're going to be in a better position. That's what the war room's all about. We have people in countries all across the planet. I think it's 79 countries now. We're everywhere. So it doesn't matter if you're living in a country which you believe is failing. It doesn't matter if you're living in a country which you believe is winning. You need a strong network. And that's what the war room's truly about. And because we're so massively successful, we also feed people in war-torn countries. And I've explained this before on Tape Pledge, but I just want to show everybody the event and the kind of money we were raising and what we do with the money. So today's a happy day. Uh, obviously, everyone here donated money to take pledge, which is fantastic. You've literally fed children, which I think is a pretty good thing to do.
only did I do exactly what I said I was going to do, I also did more. Thanks again to all people who donated, which is every single one of you. Everyone who was on this list, like I said, you're going to get custom videos and you'll see videos and pictures of the exact children you feed with your money. So that's got to be some good karma. Like I said, keep it, save it. Thank you all for coming. I super appreciate it. So basically what I've decided to do with my monumental global fame is save the earth because we're monumentally successful now and we're in a position where we can basically do anything yeah. and we can continue to just chase more fame or we can continue to chase money, but we don't need either of those things. And the only reason for us to remain on the internet is to genuinely try and improve people's lives. So that's what we do. We're going to sit, we can talk about all the things we used to talk about. We can talk about relationship dynamics and we do these on different podcasts etc but the general goal of the war room and the goal for us personally is to try and make the world a better place i don't see the point in being the most googled man alive to not do that i think you'd have to be a bad person to wake up and realize i'm the most influential man on the planet i don't want to improve the world mm. so that's what we do that's what the war room does and at the end of this video i'm going to show you guys a compilation which has the topics that were discussed at the war room meeting you won't hear the lengthy conversations, but you'll hear the topics. And I want you to get a pen and paper. It's very important because if you write these topics down at the end of this emergency meeting, you can look back on that piece of paper and say, how much better will my life be if I heard these speeches in full? If I understood in full what war room members understand. And once you know that they're essential for your life, then you can join the war room at cobratake.com. And another reason why I've genuinely been inspired to try and do such good things for the world is because I believe that the majority of people with influence in the world today are working for the other team. I think they're all genuinely they're satanic. Bad. They're doing they're bad. But the thing is about being neutral in life, if you're neutral, you are doing bad. Yeah, well, because- That's saying all that is required for evil to prevail is that good men do nothing. Completely. And if being neutral will never help the oppressed, being neutral helps the oppressors. If X amount of the population decides to oppress another X amount of the population, why the number of people who are neutral they give no benefit at all to the oppressed. They only help the oppressors. Being neutral in this fight is as much a crime as actually being an oppressor in and of itself. Cowardice is unacceptable. You have to pick a team. You have to pick a team. So when I look at the world today and I look at the things they're trying to peddle and push, and I look at the clear Satanism, which is coming out to the world today, I think, well, the best thing I can do is, is feed people and encourage people. And I believe that humans are designed to do good. And I believe that the masculine spirit is designed to do good. And I believe if a man makes a lot of money, and works very hard and builds himself to be physically strong and mentally strong, he's gonna naturally gravitate towards good. I don't think that those kind of people end up evil. I think vindictive, sad, weak little people grasp at power and use snakery to influence the world and do evil things. I think men who stand up with principle are good people. And there's endless examples of this. I know we've already said it all before, but why? Let me just show this Doja Cat thing. I saw this and I literally, my answer was why? 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 She's just, I, I worship the devil, cool. So do all the other celebrities. Why would you put that on Instagram? Why would you dress up that way and put that on Instagram for children to see? What's the benefit? What's the goal of it? It's not even Halloween, like for, for no reason. It's no just, it's, it's to advertise to the world that she worships Satan. Yeah. And if you actually understand Satanism and understand how they work, you understand the only thing they fear is karmic retribution. And 
the way you avoid karmic retribution is to explain to people what you're going to do to them. If I give you a poison apple and I don't tell you it's poison, I poisoned you. If I give you a poison apple and say, hey, that apple's poison and you eat it, then it's your fault. So they make it very clear they worship the devil. They make it very clear they're Satanists. They make it very clear that they do bad things to people. They make it very clear they don't care about you so that if you continue to follow them and worship them and go to their festivals and go to Burning Man and stand there and scream their name, then you're just saying, yeah, I've accepted you are a Satanist. I've accepted you are evil and I will worship you regardless, which means you deserve what happens to you. Self-destruction, suicide. It, absolutely, it's self-destruction. So I like to think that we are an opposite force to this, which is why the Matrix attacks us, is why we're in so much trouble. But I also think that Allah is the best of planners, and in the end, perhaps we can win. So I want people to get a pen and paper now, because at the end of this emergency meeting, I'm going to put that video up, which is going to show you all the different topics we discussed and the kind of things we learned inside the war room. You understand what the war room is really about. And if you want to learn more, you can go to CobraTate.com. I've got a few super chats that I want to read out. Uh, Hank Boemi, I hope I pronounced that correctly, said, I wanted to share a cool story with you. My wife and my kids started a new Christmas tradition. To replace Elf on a Shelf, it's now Top G on a Tree. We made an Andrew doll, and we're still working on a Tristan doll. I think that's super cool. And I, the reason I'm reading it out is because this Christmas, I want to see lots of people do this. I want Top G on a Tree everywhere. I want it trending. Wait, so, Top G on a Tree? Top G on a Tree. Should so, we make, instead of angels that go on top of a tree, should we make little Top Gs so you can buy and they go on Christmas trees? That would be a good idea. Would that be good? Top G on a Tree. I'm just saying, him and his wife, obviously have fixed their household elf on the ship. Ask them for a picture. Yeah, send a picture to my Twitter. Tag me, but post a picture on Twitter and tag me on X. My apologies. I'll never learn anyone's pronouns, but I will learn to call Twitter X because he owns a G. Uh, I'm a 15-year-old student in the real world in the CC plus AI campus living in Pakistan. I juggle school, earning money, gym, networking, given the challenging political situation. And he donated $250. He's 15 years old. So obviously he's making money. He's 15. He's in Pakistan, and he has $250 to donate for a super chat. If that's not proof we teach people how to make money, I don't know what is. Didn't you do a bunch of interviews with with uh, real world students? I did. I did. I've done six so far, and you're going to find those on my Twitter, Take the Talisman, on my X account. Yeah, so just if anyone's confused, the, the war room is networking, the real world is money. So you can join the real world, make money, and then you can join the war room from there. So you can join the war room basically for free. I have a quick clip of one of your, one of your uh, interviews here. I've done over... $100,000 so far. Nice. Nice. And that ooh, that's pretty much that came that came within four four to five months with it, with being in Hustlers University. So where can we see these? Um, you'll find them on my X page. I'm going to post uh, one a day for the next week and a half. Uh, we've got loads of them. Uh, very good stories. A uh, diverse range of people from various countries. Got guys from Kenya, China, the United States, Germany, um, and Albania, I believe one of them was from. Poland, all around the world, uh, age ranging from 15 to about 40 years old. Everybody massively successful. Everybody obviously making thousands and thousands of times more than the $49 they paid to sign up. Um, they answer all the questions that people have, you know, what's actually inside? What are the teachers like? What do you actually learn? How do you make money? Uh, is this a scam? Is it worth it? What would you say to your friends who are hesitant about joining a program like the real world? So I say a program like the real world. I believe that this is the only program in the world. This is the only thing like it. There's traditional education, which is not all bad, but not all good. And if you want to learn how to make money, the real world is the single greatest educational platform in the world. There's nothing else like it. So any other super chats? Um, yeah, a couple. You made a big difference in my life. Growing up in Liverpool my whole life and had a rough childhood. I'm 16. I'm joining the Royal Marines from One Central. Don't want to talk about the Royal Marines. Do we? Should we talk about the Royal Marines? 
Is the Matrix going to attack us if we talk about it? <laughs> Why can't attack us anymore? We keep going to jail. Correct. Why do people join the army? You join the army because you're a patriot. Yes. And you join the army because you like the feeling of brotherhood. Yes. The problem is another reason you join the army. Let me actually clarify that. There's three reasons you join the army. You join the army primarily because you're a patriot. Secondly, because you enjoy the feeling of patriot of brotherhood. And thirdly, it's because inside of every single man, there's a natural intrinsic instinct for battle, some kind of fight, some kind of war to win, to explore the world. Why did men in the 1800s become sailors? Because you just want to do something. You want to go somewhere. You want some excitement. And excitement and risk go hand in hand. It's very hard to be excited without a degree of risk. If it doesn't hurt you, if it goes wrong, then it's not exciting to do in the first place. And that masculine instinct has been hijacked by countries to convince you to join something like the Royal Marines. The problem is you're defending a country that refuses to defend itself mm -hmm. and a country is no longer sovereign. And when you truly understand how the world works, you understand that England is not a nation in and of itself and it's controlled by outside forces. And you might end up in a ditch dying for something that you don't really truly understand. Or pride flags, because they'll take down the Union Jack. They'll take down the Union flag in Oxford Street and they'll put it up with pride flags. And those people will be worshipped for months and months on end. And you'll get Veterans Day and your name on a plaque after having thrown your life away. So... And you're not defending the UK because the UK is already bought and sold yes. and it's owned. Yes. And the people who own it have no interest in it as a sovereign nation. I don't think a lot of people also understand enough about the world to understand that for the longest period of human time, especially since the colonial days where we were colonizing countries and also the new world order after World War II, parts of the world were exploited so the West could re remain rich or become exceptionally rich. Mm -hmm. And that's now changing. And as that changes, you're going to see that the West is going to start getting in a lot of trouble because we can no longer just exploit these third world and second world countries who are waking up and not allowing themselves to be raped like they were before. And as that happens, you're going to have mass civil unrest and you're also going to have a lot of government crackdown and tyranny. And you're going to find yourself fighting for a country which at the same time might betray you later just for saying the truth. Yeah. Wasn't the guy who killed Osama, isn't he on a no-fly list? He's not allowed to talk online? Yeah, the guy who shot Bin Laden. He's been completely Matrix attacked and shut down in the same way that we were. I believe he's on Rumble. I believe he does good interviews on uh, Rumble. But yeah, killed America's alleged biggest enemy ever. Uh, soldier, served the country. Obviously fought many, many times in many battles for American interests. I won't, I won't say American freedoms. I'll say American interests. And they completely axe him and delete him from the entire world. And he's not allowed an opinion. He's not allowed to speak. So you may well come home from the next... Co totally justified necessary war that the united kingdom uh wants to partake in and when you come home injured hurt uh maybe with one leg maybe with one arm you might just say you know i like watching the andrew tate podcast and then they'll delete your fucking bank accounts because that's what they do so that's how the matrix works and we'll talk about the matrix cracking in a minute but then my question to you is if you want a sense of pride and brotherhood and you want a sense of personal achievement and battle and you want to feel like you were doing something which was amazing and you want to feel proud why don't you try and become UFC world champion instead? Yeah. Why don't you go to a fight gym, find brothers you can train with? Why don't you go to war for yourself? Why don't you become rich? Why don't you become famous? Why don't you become influential? Instead of dying as a number, if you're a UFC champ, even if you lose, people know your name. If you're a soldier and you get blown up, do people know your name? I can't name a single soldier who died in Afghanistan or Iraq in the last 15 years. It's sad, but it's true. It's, it's actually You got blown up for what? Yeah. And then you're saying I was defending England. Defending England from who? Yeah. ISIS members are allowed to go back to England and live on the welfare. Yeah. So, so why are you there? And America and England lost in Afghanistan. So, so the whole thing was the fruitless. war anyway. So you should be very careful deciding to die for a country. Now, there are some countries which are still sovereign nations, which you understand who controls you. Yes. If you're in, I don't know, the Russian military and you go to die for Russia, you know that you're dying for Putin to or a degree. Hungarian or. 
Yeah. There's a good few, there's a few countries, countries in the world. But there's also Western countries where you don't know who your leader is and you don't know who's even in charge. And, and you're going to die for who? You don't even know who you're dying for. Mm-hmm. You should be exceptionally careful deciding to make that decision. I strongly recommend you decide to get in the cage instead. It's probably, in some ways, equal in bravery. In some ways, because of the, the possible ego loss, it might even be braver. And there's a whole avenue of much greater rewards that will exist for your life than going to Afghanistan and living. And even even if you win, even if you come back fine, etc., it's not a fun life. You're literally going to Burning Man. Yeah, no, yeah none of my friends. With Burning Man with a gun. Yes, Burning Man with a gun, and someone might kill you, and you might and you might blow up. You it's like Burning explode. Man. Yeah. yeah, you might explode at random. At random, because you'll never see your enemy. Eighty-six percent of casualties in Afghanistan on the American and British sides were killed by explosives, IED, explosive devices. You know, you don't even see anyone. No one's shooting at you. You're just driving around, and you get uh, the crap blown out of you. <clears throat> I actually know the most, um, God bless them, the most injured soldier in. UK history who survived uh, the war in Afghanistan was blown up in a Land Rover that drove over a mine. And here's the fucked up thing about war. Here's the craziest thing about war. The mine that essentially ruined that man's life and killed all of his uh, colleagues and friends was a mine planted by the Russians during their invasion of Afghanistan, sitting and waiting in the sand for 34, 34, 35 years for this man and his friends to run over it. And uh, I think he's blind. He's lost his arms, his legs, and uh, his, his life's a, a complete mess now. And that's it's really, really sad. Really sad. So he didn't even get shot by a Talibani or anyone who they say is your enemy. He literally ran over an old Russian mine that had been buried in the sand for all that time. And that's probably the saddest story that I can even think of. And yeah, especially if you're craving brotherhood, that explains what the war room is and what we do. I think it ties in quite well, because if you're craving the brotherhood that exists from the army, you can find that brotherhood inside the war room. You can do amazing things for your life. You can be a rich, successful person, and you can feed people in war-torn countries, and you can be a very happy, fulfilled individual without risking getting blown to pieces. Which or is boring. join a sports team, play professional basketball, football. There's, there's plenty of ways to have that brotherhood. There really is. Let's answer the guy's question. Though. The guy who donated $20, $250, he said, I'm a 15-year-old living in a uh, 15-year-old student in the real world. How do I juggle school, earning money, gym, and networking? Well, it's not an issue of juggling things. Uh, everyone only has 24 hours in the day. So me, with my net worth, I have 24 hours in a day. Uh, someone who's completely broke and you know is wasting our life playing video games who has no money, he also has 24 hours in a day. So it's not about juggling. It's simply about choices, and it's about discipline. The truth is you have to do all of them. And especially when you're young, I'm getting a bit older now, but especially when you're young, my advice is sleep less. Oh, I don't have time to work out. How many hours a day do you sleep? Seven? Make it six. You, the, the, the energy boost from being in shape will compensate for the one hour lost sleep. So sleep less and just do them all anyway. But nobody's that busy. I, I, these kind of questions kind of annoy me. I don't want to yell at you, but I'm going to. These kind of questions kind of... 15. I know. He's only 15, but he thinks he's busy. Bro, if you're 15. Yeah, you're not busy. You're not. I'm busy. You're, you're 15. I'm trying to do this. How many times a day are you jerking off? Out of jail. Yeah. Wasting your life. Yeah. You're 15. There's no way every single second of your day is used efficiently. I don't believe it is. And if you're going to sit here and tell me it is and you don't know what efficient means. Or if you want something, if you want something, you find time. Because you have time to message all those girls on Instagram because you want the pussy. So don't sit and lie to me and pretend that you want to network and you can't do it. And you want to make money and you don't have time. Because if you really wanted to, you'd be able to do everything. If I can still manage to do everything with an empire as large as mine, and I still have time to sit here and do emergency meetings with you, there's no way you're busier than me. Yeah. I find that extremely insulting for you to even believe that you're as busy as I am. If Elon Musk tell, tells me he's busy and he has no time in the day, fine. If you tell me, I'm going to say, where is your billion-dollar empire? 
Absolutely. So you, you have, should have one. That's right. That's the case. And this comes down to whether you really want it or not. And I've talked about these in all the emergency meetings. I don't want to give another rant, which I've given a million times before. But if you truly want something, you're going to go out there and you're going to get it. And if you don't want something, that's fine. Then you're going to stay a loser. And it's not my job to motivate you or convince you to want things. You should already want things inside of your soul and you should get up and do anything it takes to get them like I did. If you can sleep just fine being broke, then guess what? You're always going to be broke. That's life. If you go to bed and you can't sleep because you're furious at the fact that I can buy a new supercar every day and you don't have a single one, then you might do something about it. So it's down to you and it's your own personal decisions. And I think we've discussed this in a lot of different emergency meetings, but there's no such thing as busy. There's no such thing as don't have time. That's all garbage. There's only three reasons people don't have money and I've discussed them before. It's being stupid. It's being lazy. It's being arrogant. And to me, you sound like, well, you're not stupid because you're inside the real world and you're making money. You're not particularly arrogant because you're asking us how to do it. That's fine. But perhaps you're a little bit lazy. So you need to know what to do. You need to get it done. I want to talk about brotherhood because that was the, the goal of this emergency meeting. We'll talk about brotherhood. And that's what the whole war room event. And the reason we're talking about it was uh, brought up in the first place. Yep. And talking about how brotherhood can amplify your life. A lot of people are talking about the clip we put on Twitter of your birthday. Do you remember yeah. that clip? Yeah, I remember and I think a lot of the reason also that we're so famous and so respected and some other brothers out there perhaps aren't is because we genuinely stick by each other and work together as a team. And as a, in the world today, if you're going to try and be Rambo and be by yourself and do everything by yourself, you're not going to do it. So a lot of people who say to me, how do I become successful? The first thing I say to them is like, who's your brothers? Who are you working with? Mm -hmm. You can't sit and go out there in the world and do it by yourself because you're always going to be competing against a team. The war room is a team where 4,000 men who are working together to try and conquer the earth. How are you going to beat us by yourself? No matter how fantastic you are, you're going to lose. The Tate brothers are a team. We're a team. We're friends you, are a team. Completely. You can be the best fighter in the world, but if you get jumped, you get jumped. And the world is exactly the same. So how do you build a strong brotherhood? Well, the first way you do that is being a good brother yourself. You get what you give in the world. If you want to feel loved, the best way to do that is to give love. If you want to feel respected, the best way to do that is to give respect. If you want to have good brothers, the best way to do that is to be a good brother yourself. And you're not a very good brother if you're broke. You're not a very good brother if you're, if you're stupid. You're not a very good brother if you're lazy. And you're not a very good brother if you're weak. So those are four things you can improve because birds of a feather flock together. And I don't hang around with anybody who's those four things. That's the beginning of it. In the words of Big Herc 916, eagles fly with eagles, seagulls fly with seagulls. So up your game. Any other super chats? Um, yeah, there was one more that piqued my interest ever so slightly. It was, what are your thoughts on buying a car with financing? Now, I thought I've never, ever discussed this, and I have previously in my life bought a car on financing. So what are your thoughts, Andrew? Because people will rip you for buying a car on financing, even though it's still expensive. But what are your thoughts on it? Right. Buy it if you want it. Yeah. I have no problem with that. The problem is how much money you have coming in. If you can afford it, buy it. I don't, I don't, I don't know how to answer that question specifically. I don't know where you live. I don't know what the car is, et cetera. But you can't save yourself rich anyway. When's the last time you heard a millionaire say, I got rich by saving? Never. Never. You have to earn yourself rich. So car finance isn't your problem. Your problem is if you're even considering the fact that it might be an issue for you, you're not earning enough money. Uh -huh. So you need to change that. And we'll tell you how to make money. And whether you're actually going to do it or not is completely up to you. Then you won't have these issues. But what I will say is if you are a young man, you're 21, you're 22, you're making good money, say $100,000 a year, and you buy a let's say, Porsche or something on finance, and you're paying a few thousand dollars a month for that Porsche, uh, don't let anyone laugh at you. Don't let anyone take that achievement away from you. It's still an achievement to you know have the income to buy a supercar or, or a very fancy car, even if it is on finance. It's a very easy uh, cop out. And it's a very easy way for broke people and people who can't achieve the things that you want to achieve to drag you down. Uh, even now with our insane car collection, which exceeds 40, 
people will be like, oh, I bet one of them, I bet they're on finance or I bet they're rented or I bet they're, no, they're not rented, they're not on finance. But if you're a young man and you do have a nice car and it is on finance, be proud of yourself because you know you still have to save up that $20,000 deposit and you still need to make the two or $3,000 every single month to pay for it. And if you don't have a car either on finance or paid outright, then don't laugh at those people who do finance their cars because you are a loser. Any other super chats before we move on? No, move on. There's no, we'll build them back up. Right. Is everyone have pen and paper? Because I'm going to play this clip to you. And it's a very important way to write all these subjects down. And then we're going to talk about them a little bit. And then I want you to understand how your life would improve if you heard all of it. So I'm going to give you guys one minute to get a pen and paper. Don't do that. Don't do it. Do it. film that i might leave this emergency meeting i'm just curious when you filmed it I'm just give us a date a rough time i never filmed it it wasn't me then how come you're on the screen dancing it's not me be gay do crimes tristan tate, That's, it doesn't say tristan tate. <laughs> we're gonna edit it so this is tristan tate editors <laughs> I will not, I, <laughs> who does that who works on my team I'm just saying the next video might have your name in it, so you can no longer deny it. I will no longer do emergency call Right. So, guys. Uh, I actually say to all of my fans and all the people who listen to me all the time, nothing will ever make me quit. Nothing will ever shut me up. Nothing will ever stop me from speaking the truth. But if you edit my name into that clip, I feel like the internet may lose me forever. I may deactivate everything and never, ever speak online ever again. People are asking me to comment on the Dillian Dennis thing and the Logan Paul thing and Aiden Ross, etc. I dip my toe into the drama. Because we don't really care. But, I mean, Dillian's doing a fantastic job already. I don't have it to say anything, which is why people are trying to make me say things. But we're not particularly drama merchants. We're not interested in doing any of that internet drama, social media garbage. We're not interested in doing any of it or talking about any of it because everybody already knows the truth about that situation. And I can give, yes, some interesting insights. But... In general, we're trying to be a positive force for the world. And I think everybody already understands what my insights are. It's, yeah. it's haram. And that's that. And I think that life is the best teacher. And everyone who is involved in that situation is going to learn a lesson sooner or later. So let's just sit back and enjoy the show. Yep. For now, let's focus on self-improvement. So let me play this clip. Guys, write down the subjects. So we're going to talk about a few of them at length afterwards. But I want you to understand how much better your life will be. If you under, if you heard me speak at length about each of these subjects, so get your pen and paper ready. I'm going to play it now. It's only two minutes long. Write down each subject. When you want to convince someone, you have to show you've thought about the path to the destination, right? If you have an idea, 
but you don't have a plan to get there. That's the difference between a dream. Everyone has a dream. We all have a dream. I have a dream. I become king of the world. and I live on the moon. How are you going to do that, Andrew? Dunno. So I'll talk for a little bit. So when we talk about the sigils, one of the things that's most important about the sigils is they all complement each other. So you just nailed it by saying that you went on a super yacht and you expect to see all these killers. Yep. And then you get there and you're like, you're all nerds. Exactly. That's why we started the war room. Talk about excuses quickly. I'll tell two quick stories because both my dad and Amir, my fight coach, used to yell at me for making excuses. And the very basic premise is excuses are not for anyone else, they're for yourself. It's so you can feel better because nobody else actually gives a shit. And what he said about there's something primal about getting hit and hitting back, I completely agree with that. I think it's inside of every man at some level. And what you want to do is you want to be able to take that approach not towards just sparring, but life in general. So when you just told me about your scenario, to me that sounds exciting. Like, oh, my investor's gone, I gotta get the old guy back, that miserable person who didn't want to buy, I gotta get my team motivated, shit, we need to make some money. It's Wolf of Wall Street, now it's fun. Let's talk about how women love men, because women love men by shielding them, because women can't handle pain. So when they love you, they try and shield you from pain. But it's actually ultimately destructive for you as a man. I'll give you the worst example of it ever. In fact, it's the number one thing I can't stand. It's been a long time since I've been in a street fight because I'm quite a quiet guy. How do they say you get perfect at something? Practice. But that's a lie. And you know why it's a lie? Because everyone says I'm an amazing speaker, but we've all been speaking our whole lives. Most of you have been speaking, long, you've been speaking longer than me. We just talked about speech, but in any area of your life, if you're ever blindsided and caught off guard, the number one first thing you should do is feedback. The first thing. I mean, I know this sounds obvious, but people don't do it. We spent weeks talking about how we ended up in jail. What could we have done to avoid coming to jail? Would we have made that choice? You have to understand that you are in a high, highly competitive environment. Yeah. You're performing. You're the main character in your own movie. Yeah. Everyone is watching you, or you at least want them to. Everyone you interact with in your universe is paying attention to you. They all have an opinion of you based on what you have done and how you speak and the way you act and the way you dress and the things you've done. So you need to sit there and understand what is the opinion people have of me. Everyone's heard work smart, not hard, right? No. That's bullshit. That's a lie. That's a lie. Because trying to work smart, not hard is what he described and it's just a different form of laziness. Karma's real. You can call it God. You can call it live by the sword, die by the sword. You call it karma. You call it the secret or attraction. There's all these different ways of describing the same thing. The reason he's doing it is because the guy in the house is doing it. The reason I train so hard is because my brother's fucking 25 kilo bigger than me. Right? It's amazing. That's what, that, it's that network, that energy around you, men who are constantly doing it. So Tristan, what did you think of the War Room event? It was a good event, very yeah. very good event, and I think uh, a lot of people get a good insight into how how it runs, how to make money. That's what you want. Exactly. That's what you want. So obviously we're the Tate brothers, and we're here to improve the world. Are you interested in internet drama, or are you interested in becoming a better person? Because that's you want what money the Tate. Or do you want beef? That's right. You want money? Or you want beef? I, we have enough beef in our life. Judges already trying to put us in jail. You gave me some really good advice, actually, Tristan. You told me how to get out of jail. How do you say? It wasn't me. It didn't come from me. It came from a, uh, um, a lawyer called Marcel. You heard of him? Nah, there's a lawyer called Marcel. Yeah, like one of our lawyers, Marcel. What law, what law school did he go to? LU3. LU3. Luton Town. Luton Town. One of the biggest, one of the best law schools in the UK. All right, okay. And what, what legal advice did he give us to get off house arrest? It started off with BMT. You know what BMT is? Is that black man's time? That's black man's time. You have to bamboozle them. You got to throw them off. All right. So What when, time was the court case? They said nine. What time did you rock up? 
1045. Bro. <laughs> Confused. <laughs> they are like, what's going on? What's going on? We've got a time frame here. Confused, bro. It does give you the upper hand. That's you true. Upper hand. You've got to throw them in. And then why are you late? Shut your blood tight mode like you did. <laughs> you have to hit them immediately. You've got to throw them off in all aspects of it. That's true. Because then you get the upper hand in chaos and confusion. You could sideswipe them. So yeah, hour and a half late. Then what happens? Then you start going into your case. What's the first thing you think you should say? Your honor, who cares? This is long. Exactly, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I think you went to the, you still, you've been to the university as well, like this law school. I've dabbled. You've dabbled. I was in and out. It was very difficult to remember the lessons. But I remember lesson one was just to go in and say, listen, this is long. You're here. I'm here. We're both busy, long, a lot who to cares? do. Who cares? Who cares? Move to dismiss all charges. Move to dismiss all charges. Yeah, that's right. Okay. And now? No house arrest. No house arrest. So I have to thank you for that. That was actually amazing news that you heard from Marcel, the lawyer. Thank you, Tristan, for letting us know what we had to do to go off house arrest. That clearly obviously worked. Yeah. Was that before was that before or after you filmed the video? What video? You know what? Don't make me play the video again, bro. <laughs> what video? You have to show me the video. All right, I'll play it for you. This is you in the video. Ready? Because <laughs> it's you. You made this. You're Tristan. Admit it's you. You have nothing to do with this. You're going to sit here on the internet in front of everybody and say, honestly, now in front of the, everybody, Tristan, you're going to sit here on the internet and say, I have absolutely nothing to do with this video. I don't know where it came from, and I was not involved in this production. You're going to lie to the entire world. We just sat here for nearly an hour talking about being moral, being a good person, telling the truth, doing right by God. Don't go burning man. Doja Cat's a Satanist, etc. And then you're going to sit here and lie to everybody at home and say that video is nothing at all to do with you. The video is so gay. I can't even pretend like it's me. Whoa. <laughs> I'm just saying it. Whoa. It's like super gay. Are you a bigot? No, bro. <laughs> You're a bigot. I'm not a bigot. That's not me, though. There's one thing you can't insult in the Western world, and that's the pride flag in gays. If you do that, that's a capital crime. You're going to go to jail. It's mad, though, isn't it? it I had a very uh, beautiful Muslim, Islamic girl say to me, she was absolutely gorgeous, and she said, is American culture just frozen food, gang signs, and the pride flag? And I was like, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I, think that, I think that might be it. There's, there's not much else. That's all we have as a culture. What else do we have that we fervently de defend? Because if you go to the Middle East, there's certain things you have to defend. You have to defend God and you respect yeah. your family. If you have like a sick cousin, you take care of him. As your parents get old, you take care of them. Family's a big deal. God's a big deal. You have traditions. You have holidays that you stick by, you eat certain foods on certain days, you fast at certain times, etc. What do we have in the Western world that is beyond reproach, that cannot be insulted or attacked besides that flag? Name something. You can you can you can you can attack the flag of your country, you can attack God, you can attack morality, you can attack everything, you can attack children, you can chop your dick off, it's all cool, but you cannot attack that flag. And you know what's mad? In a lot of cases, that flag attacks those those things you're naming. Of course they do. It attacks religion, it attacks children. Of course it does. Not obviously not all, but a lot. Of, absolutely. Because it's a Trojan horse and they come along and say, you must be tolerant of this flag. If you're not tolerant, you're a bigot. And then they use that flag and they weaponize it to destroy absolutely everything, which is the fabric of society. The most basic fabric of society is family. When you can psyop people into not caring about their own parents when their parents get old. Talk about a broken society. But how did we get here? <sighs> 
Buckle up. It's a deep hole, bro. It's a deep hole. But we got here very purposefully. They have to isolate us. They have to make us all not care about anything outside of ourselves. Because when you're when you're miserable and lonely and sad and you only care about yourself, why would you put any effort into defending a nation or a country or a street or a town? So what they try and do is they isolate you because divided we fall and united we're much harder to fight. So they try and break us down along lines, the obvious ones, political affiliation and race and religion, all these things, of course, these are the obvious ones. But then the true psyop is when they stop a man being able to truly be in love with a woman or a, a woman truly being in love with a man. So the family's broken. Yeah. So they do this on purpose again by feminizing the men and masculinizing the women. So men and women can't even be together in a happy relationship anymore. Yeah. And then everything is completely utterly fucked and you end up miserable and depressed, especially men. Men are a lot more unhappy than women because women can find temporary pleasures much easier than a man. If you're a man and you're pissed off with life, how can you really make your life better? You're Joe Schmo. You're Mr. Average. How do you instantly improve your life? You can't, right? If you're a chick and you're miserable and you're mid, you just go to the club. You get taken out. You get taken somewhere. You get invited somewhere. You can date a new guy every week. You get to go to new restaurants all the time. You get flown out to Dubai. You get to distract yourself. How does the average man distract himself from crippling depression? It's, see, a woman can go out and find someone to give them what they want and a man has to work for it absolutely and then they say but it's a patriarchy and women are oppressed and they come out with some more garbage and they entitle women even further into believing somehow that they're oppressed it's actually really interesting this oppression argument because they say men oppress women and i'm like why or you're oppressive if you care about something now they've psyop up the world into thinking if you care about a woman you're oppressive over her if i say to a woman i love you and i want you to be safe you shouldn't be out at night i'm a bad person i'm a you look like a hoe but yeah, I'm oppressing her. If my security team say we're not going there that time at night, are they oppressing me? Or do they, do they care about me? Do they work for me? Me trying my best to keep a woman safe is me working for her. It's me putting in effort to make sure she has a better life. That's me caring. How is that oppression? Now they're going to try and convince you that caring is oppression. In the modern world, in the matrix mind, they want you to have a relationship with a girl and she's allowed to do whatever she wants. She can go partying with other dudes. She can go out and she can drink. She can walk alone at night. She can do all this stupid shit. She can tell you she doesn't want to listen to you because you're oppressive, but you still have to pay for everything for her and constantly entertain her all of the time. Otherwise, you're a bad person. And they want you to sign up to these relationships. And when you end up miserable, they have what they want. A lot of people don't understand that happiness and smiling is also how you resist the matrix. You resist the matrix by just being a happy, contented individual. Because when you wake up and go, no, I am not as depressed as you want me to be. Because when you're depressed, you're not going to fight for anything. If you're depressed sitting in your room and COVID comes, you're like, whatever, I don't go out anyway. If you're a happy person living a good life, you're like, nah, you can't lock me up. No, yeah, yeah. I want to do something. So it's all done on purpose. That's another reason they push this idea of depression. My biggest ever internet attack at the beginning of my internet fame was when I said depression wasn't real. The Matrix got mad. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Everyone's depressed. I'm not. So what, why do I want to listen to you? Why do they want people to be depressed? Why do they want you to be broke? Why do they not teach you anything important ever? Why do they want you to be miserable? Why do they not want you to have a happy relationship with a woman? Why do they not want you to care about your own family? Why, if you wake up and say, my mom's worked too long, I'm going to try and get rich so I can pay for her to retire. Will they call you a bad person? That's literally happened to some students in the real world. Well. They're going to attack you for it. And they're doing it very purposefully because they want you to be a miserable, selfish person. Because if you're ultimately selfish, you don't care about anything outside of yourself, which means you're never going to resist. And the, and the slave mind requires selfishness and it requires unhappiness.
You need to be a very happy person who cares about other people. The Matrix can't stand that I feed children. They hate me for it. When the BBC sit down with me, they're like, yeah, but why do you do this? Why do you do charity? Is it to, to try and change your image? To, bro, I'm feeding kids. Why are you crying? Why, why are you mad? Why do you care? Why does that offend you? It offends you because if you're a good person doing good things, it makes me smile. It makes them smile. Happiness is outlawed. You have to be depressed and miserable and sad all the time to the point where your own mother can be dying. And you're like, oh, why are you dying for? I want to go Burning Man. This is long. That's what they want. That's the end state they desire from you. Absolute and utter selfishness. You have to care about other people. Caring about other people and being happy is how you resist a matrix. So when did you film the video? <laughs> That's not me. Tristan. That's not me. Tristan. It's when... funny though, speaking on that, like I, I've got a doctor friend and she was talking about like um, depression and stuff. And she was saying like, there used to be a bracket. You had to have like three specific things to uh, actually fall into depression. And then they opened up this bracket so that more people can say that they're depressed. Of course. The doctors had to give them like tablets and stuff. Of course. Cause it's all, it's all semantics trick. Yeah. That's another thing. It's all semantics trick. So hey, she's a doctor. She's like, oh, I think it's just bullshit. Loads of people are coming up and saying that, you know, they've got depression. I'm like, you don't have depression. You might be sad sometimes. Of course you're, you're sad. You're partying. You're still doing this. Someone who's depressed doesn't do that. Of course you're, of course you're sad. Your life's shit. Yeah. I'd be depressed if I was you. I, I bro, I say that to people. I listen to people come and they come to me and go, I'm depressed. I'm like, send me a picture. I look at it and go, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course. I could, <laughs> you're a fucking dork. I'd be depressed if I was a fucking nerd, but I'm not. So how did I stop myself being a nerd? Hard work. You have to go through it. Build yourself. Build yourself. And as a man, you're supposed to go through pain. And you're supposed to feel a bit sad. And the reason you feel depressed, God has instilled that inside of you to warn you that you're a fucking loser. If you were top G, you wouldn't be depressed. So why are you depressed in the first place? Because you haven't got what you want. So you're going to go get it. You're going to sit there and cry about it. A pill is not going to give it to you. Nobody else is going to give it to you. But they're doing this on purpose. They're pushing this idea of depression. They want the male populace hyper depressed. Yeah. And it's actually very intelligent what they do because the number one thing that will stress you out as a man is your chick. You're in love with a chick. You're in love with a chick. She's doing X, Y, Z, running her mouth, cheating, whatever. It's the number one thing that will get in your psyche. It is. So they try and encourage her to do it. Have you ever seen a TV show that women watch say, don't be a hoe? Ever. No, in fact, it's saying you need, you only live one life. He's oppressing you. You need to go out with those guys. They're just your friends. Yeah. They, sure. bro, it's on purpose. Sure. None of this is an accident. Doja cat's a fucking demon and shit. Yeah, They're listening to her. What's she singing about? I don't listen to Doja. Cat. I don't know what she sings about, but it's gotta be someone pull up Doja cat lyrics. Someone send me Doja cat lyrics. It's probably clearly satanic. And she's just singing it into your mind, into your brain. And your woman's sitting there listening to it going, she'll be a burning man this month. And then you go to the mud and you take drugs and you listen to the satanic waves. Do you think when she comes home to you, she's going to cook you a nice meal? Do you think she's a woman worth having? Of course not. And then people sit and go, is this an accident? Is this happening by chance? None of this is by chance. All of this is designed. It's designed in the Western world to completely destroy us. And then you have to look at the meta argument you have to look at the meta point of it people say well if they do all this it's going to destroy western society and i say yeah completely why would they want to destroy western society because they don't believe in western versus eastern society they don't care about anything besides themselves and forever profit and earning money and control so as long as they can control everything they don't give a shit because if the whole world falls apart but saudi stays cool they'll get penthouses in saudi 
True. They run the world. They don't care. They don't care about you working your shit job with your shit relationship depressed. They don't give a shit. Here we go. Here we go. Doja Cat lyrics. <laughs> how my demons look. Now that my pocket's full. How my demons look. Now that you bitches shook. Yeah, how my demons look. Now that my pocket's full. So I guess she's, I'm, I'm guessing. She starts the song with how my demons look. Bruv. Is that not crazy enough, bro? Bruv. And, and then what she's trying to say is... It's blatant. Of course. And she's saying, I worship demons. I'm a devil worshiper, but I'm rich. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, you have mo- Yeah, you have money. Cool. But there's more to life than just money. Your soul is unhappy. I don't believe people who do bad things can intrinsically be happy. They can feel temporary dopamine from control. They can feel temporary dopamine from feeling in charge of other people, but a very sadistic, evil way. They're not actually happy in their hearts. I don't think Doja Cat looks at that picture and feels happy with herself. She sold her soul. I say this before. I say the reason me interested in Attack on the Matrix is because we're massively influential and haven't sold our souls. People go, what do you mean sold your soul? That is selling your soul. Who told her that? Who wrote this piece of paper, gave it to her, said dress up like this and sing this? Yeah, it's wild. Bro, it's scary. This shit is done on purpose. Then like you're showing it to children. like To kids. kids. And the reason they attack the kids is because kids are the most impressionable minds. Yeah, of course. So that's why they go. Why do they choose a rainbow? Who likes rainbows? I didn't even think of that. Kids. Bro, it's scary. So how do you combat all this stuff? That's why me and Tristan and I are literally trying, me and you, sorry, are out here literally trying to just feed people and do good things. And they attack us for it. They have printed the fact that me and you are human traffickers because of TikTok accounts of some garbage for years. But when actual sexual predators do actual things, they don't mention it in the news ever. It's true. Not once. And you do so much as well. Can't even lie. Yeah, of course. I was shocked. Like, I literally Googled it. I was like, what the fuck? Like, how is this not made like headlines on anything? Because we haven't sold our souls. They want us to sell our souls. They want us to come here and sit down and start talking to, and promoting Burning Man. They want us to sit here and go, you know what? Burning Man will be sick. Look, bruv. Look, this is going to be great. That's what they want. But we refuse to do it. And that's why the Matrix attacks us. But God is the best of planners. And I believe it's all going to be good in the end. But all of this is very deliberately designed. I don't think most people at home watching this. There's some people who want to talk about internet beefs, etc. They don't understand they're in the middle of a war for their minds. And that every single thing they watch and consume, even by accident, is designed to try and enslave them. If you wake up and you're low motivation, I don't understand how that can happen. I curate my reality very well. If you're a full-grown man and you wake up, you should feel fire in your blood to conquer the world. If you wake up and you don't feel fire in your blood, it has been suppressed on purpose. Somebody has come along and said something or done something to you that has destroyed your innate, natural, God-giving, masculine quality to want to go out there in the world and do amazing things. But you wake up and you just want to sit around your house. Why? They've done that to you on purpose. It's on purpose. It's all purposeful. And you've fallen for it. You've been programmed by the matrix. You have to resist. You have to find out exactly how they're getting this crap in your mind and resist it. That's why it is, the brotherhood thing you talk about is so important. Though. It's so important because your brothers won't let you. Yeah, You need to have a strong network of men who don't allow you to make these mistakes. For sure. If I walked in the room to the war room and said, hey, guys, listen to Doja Cat, I'd get my ass kicked. <laughs> I would. It's true. I mean, I'm a ninja. It'd be like Neo and the agents, but they might probably overpower me in the end. There's a lot of them. But you have to have people to keep you in check. Yeah. Because... There's actually a really interesting article I read once and I Googled up how accurate are drummers because I saw these really, really good drummers and I thought they're keeping time perfectly. Mm. If a drummer played for an hour by himself, would it be exactly an hour? 
because they're keeping time. That's what they do. And the study showed that without the guitar, without the bass, without the other members of the band, within a few minutes, they've completely lost time. You need your pointers. You need your pointers. You need to go in line with the other stuff. You need to have a reality which is created. If you're surrounding yourself with men who understand how the world really works and understand the satanic agenda are trying to make as much money as possible and do good, do good things and refuse to believe in depression and have good relationships with women who truly respect them and are raising children in a, in a favorable way so they're not being psyoped, it's going to be very difficult for you to fall down the pit. There's another reason why they try and attack brotherhood. Brotherhood is attacked. They don't want you to have guys you can rely on at any level. They, they insult that and attack that all the time. Yeah, Shouldn't be like that. Nah, you should be chasing your chick. There is no bigger waste of time than chasing a chick. Bro, do you know how mad I get shit like that? It's the biggest, the, the number of hours that have been wasted by men texting to some chick trying to explain logic. <laughs> and it goes on for six, seven hours. It never works. <laughs> it never works, bruv. And we all do it. We've all been there. Yeah, yeah. We've... Just one more sentence, she'll get it. They don't get it. No, it's a waste. You need to have those guys around you to prevent you doing that shit. It's all a trap. I think how it looks can be sometimes i remember i had a conversation with one girl right? and she was like showing me pictures of herself she's like could you ever see yourself with me and i was like to be honest not really because like you you dress a bit out there and she's like what do you mean by that you want to control how i'm dressed i said no i said look at this you are showing your nipples out on this picture do you have other clothes you like that you can wear yes so why would you choose the one that pisses me off 100 percent a hundred percent. You have a hundred options you love. A hundred percent. Why would you choose the one that pisses me off? But that makes you oppressive. And that's the whole thing that's interesting about the PSYOP. Because society, it's PSYOPed females to the point where it has convinced them that men oppress them if we convince them to not show their bodies to other men. And you know what was mad? So in, by the end of it, she was like, yeah, I understand, blah, blah, blah. And she left, spoke to her friends. I was like, do you know what? I really thought about what you said and it is quite impressive. I'm like, we just went over how it's not. Yeah. You agreed. Like, actually, do you know what? Yeah, because it's not that I I don't, well, no, I don't want other men looking at you, but I don't want you to be viewed a certain way because I like you. Completely. We're trying to protect her. So what are we talking about? Protection is now oppression. Exactly. The number one way, the most misogynistic thing you could do, the most oppressive, terrible thing you could do as a man is convince women they have to walk around naked all the time so men can look at them. That's that's misogynistic and oppressive. Saying to a woman, be modest, is not oppressive. That's saying, protect your body parts and don't allow men you don't know to ogle you so that you can be an individual with some sovereign control over how she's viewed. Yeah. But no, you're oppressive for that, and she's free and somehow liberated if she displays her body to men permanently. And do they not understand as well? We're the men, right? So I could, like, I could be working somewhere, and I'm with the other men that will just be like, yo, I she can see her nipples. Like, oh, look. So I know it happens. I'm there when it happens. I've 100%. seen it. So when you're saying to me, like, oh, you just don't want me to see it. No, I, I know what's being said about you. 100%. I'm there. I'm in the field. They're not, they're not saying it to you because they're trying to smash. Like, 100%. So they're, they're going to tell you that it's great because they just want to smash. But I'm there with the guys just acknowledging you as a sexual object, which if, is what you're claiming that I'm doing. Completely. You. Completely. They don't understand. By, they call it oppressive, but it's really just caring. Yeah. If my kid only ate chocolate, nobody would tell her to not only eat chocolate because they don't care. I would say you can't only eat chocolate. Am I oppressive or do I care about my child more than the random people on the street? Same thing if I said to a woman, don't dress that way. You shouldn't dress that way without me the around. number one thing they'll say, they'll be like, oh, you're not my dad. And what do you think your dad tries to do? Protect you. <laughs> <laughs> what would your dad say? <laughs> your dad's trying to protect you. Yes, I'm not your dad, but the same way he's trying to protect you is what I'm trying to do. And you're getting mad about that. A hundred percent. The fact that you are liking me to your father shows I am right. Yeah. Because yeah. your dad cares about you. Yeah. 
bro, world is a mess. It's a mess, bro. It's a mess. How are we gonna fix it, Tristan? I don't know. <laughs> it's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy. It's not easy. It's hard. You just gotta surround yourself with the right people, be into the right things, mental like being uh taking care of your own mental health. A hundred percent. You're you're in control of that. You have to be. Do you understand? You have to be. I don't get when people say, like, oh, do you know, I can't do this. Like, you you are the person who decides to get up and go gym or or go to work. You decide that. 100%. And they're going to try and convince you. That's another thing they come along and say, oh, yeah, it's okay. You, you know, it's okay to, you know, feel this way. And it's no, you're not less of a man if you just give up. No, yes, you are. Because it's ultra competitive and you're competing against men who never give up and you're going to fucking lose. And you need to have men around you. It's impossible to be the only one who doesn't go to the gym if everyone you know is going to the gym and saying, come on, let's go. So you spend most of your time with losers. You wonder why you're still a loser. Society's broken because men have allowed it to be. Yeah. That's another thing that like all these red pill podcasts and stuff. I've stopped doing a lot of red pill stuff, a lot of stuff talking about girls, etc. Because truthfully, we sit and blame girls all day, but it's men's fault. Yeah, for sure. It's all men's fault. You see all these red pill guys sitting there moaning at women. It's because you're it's called men are bitches. Yeah. Women only get away with this shit because we allow them to get away with it. If you sit there and say, like you said, I like you a lot, but I have standards as a man and I don't want you to dress that way, yeah. then they're going to have to stop. If you're going to sit there and allow it, then what are they going to do? It's true. So men have allowed society to completely break down because men have no moral fiber. Men are afraid to stand up and speak for what they believe in. And you don't have to be a bad person to say it in a very calm, respectful way. Yeah. I've said to girls all the time, I've said to girls, look, you can wear that when I'm next to you. But if you're out by yourself, you don't need to be wearing that. Why? Why would you display yourself that way when you're out by yourself? completely and utterly, but you're not allowed to have any even opinion. You're not even allowed to have standards as a man. This is why I don't think most people at home understand. As a man now today, if you have standards for the woman you want to be with, basic standards as to how she talks to you, how she dresses, how she interacts with other people, those standards are deemed evil and oppressive. You're not allowed standards as a man. You have to just sit there and accept whatever. And that's where the sadness comes in. And then you end up miserable because you're a man and you want to have some degree of control. You're a man. You should want to be a king, at least of your own house. For sure. If you're not the king of your own house, what's the point in even going to work? Why are you even working? Why are you even paying for everything? You're not even the king of the house. What's the point? <laughs> Bro, it's a psyop. So I don't think most men under, at home understand literally how desperate it is. And I say the answer to it is male excellence. You need to make a whole bunch of money. You need to get out there. You need to do some amazing things. You need to become that guy because there's guys out there who can still pull off living the dream life. I know because I'm doing it. But if you're Joe Schmo, it is hard because you're interacting with the average chick. You're the average dude. It's bullshit. It's, I'd be depressed. Depression's real at the bottom, bro. Yeah, no, I hear you. It's, it's hard. It's super hard. And, the, and being depressed leads to the loneliness, you know, and that's how you, again, attack the brotherhood. You separate them, you get them depressed, they don't band together. Well, I, uh, let's, let's ask a question here, right? So let's imagine there was 10 of us. We're all, we're all boys. One of the guys on the team is depressed. We've tried to hype him up. It's been a whole 10 minutes. He's still being a bitch. Come on, 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Would you hang around with him? It's like, bro, you're going to get us killed or something. You're gonna kill yourself or you're gonna kill me or bring a negative energy in the room and we now look like a target like all 10 of us get out the car look like soldiers you're moping at the back you're making <laughs> you're making our the ops think we're easy to rob like you're just bringing bad luck the weak link's obvious the weak you're the yeah you're a weak link to the whole team we can't have it so when you're depressed you can't even find real friends my friends are the kind of guys who'll turn up and go everything's fucked <laughs> Let's fix it. Yeah, She's got a jail, boom, matrix attack. Woo. We're happy. Yeah. Cause that makes us hard to hurt. If you're miserable, then you're not even going to have good friends. Cause good people don't want to hang around with a bunch of miserable people. It's draining. It's draining and it's boring. 
So, and especially another thing that people don't understand is if we're dealing with our own mental problems and our own issues in our own life, we don't want to deal with yours. That's true. Why should we? You're a man. You're supposed to deal with it. Nobody gives a shit. I'll tell you who doesn't give a shit the most women. Yeah. Bro, go to a woman and say, I'm too depressed. I'm too sad to work. Sorry. And then start the timer until she leaves you. It's <laughs> <laughs> literally a countdown, though. A countdown. It's the rent, the, countdown. Rent, the rent needs paying. Yeah, but I'm sad. I'm sorry I'm sad. We'll sort it when I'm happy. <laughs> TikTok. <laughs> I thought she loved you. Not when you can't provide, she doesn't. Yeah. You'll see. You, there is a burden of expectation on you as a man. You're expected to do the impossible all of the time. You're expected to perform regardless of how you feel. And if you don't meet those expectations, you will be forever punished by life, by your girl, by your friends, by existence. There's no other option but to be a G about it. You have to just be a G. Because how did you and Tristan handle jail? What am I going to do? Not handle it? What does that even mean? Want to bang my head against the wall? What, how does that help in any way? You have to just get it done. Do anything. You have to just get it done. So it's super important. And that's why we talk about the war room. The number of people who joined the war room and said, bro, my life completely changed. I'm like, yeah, I bet it did. Because you're finding around men who hold you accountable. You can't say I'm going to be in better shape and then turn up at the next meeting and not be in better shape. Yes. Because we will all literally call you fat and say, what? (laughs) (laughs) Why you lied to us? You lied to us. You said you were going to be something. You didn't do anything about it. We will hold you accountable. That's how the masculine essence has always been. We don't live in fairy tale lands. We live in a very accountable real world scenario. And you're accountable for yourself as well. You've got that, you have to realize that you're accountable for yourself. Like 100%. You can't start blaming this person, blaming that person, or do better then. 100%. And that's the way I tweeted something today that's super true. I tweeted it, and all my girlfriends, I mean, sorry, my, am I allowed to say all my girlfriends? I oh, fuck it. All my girlfriends, <laughs> busted. All my girlfriends sent me the link to the tweet, and they're like, is this about me? I'm like, yeah. And I tweeted. <laughs> I tweeted my brain, SEC countdown on BTC ETF, worrying about 117 staff courtly appraisals, dealing with international banking problems, dealing with the real world, dealing with the war room, et cetera. I put a list of things and then I said, her brain, can we go to the spa? Because that's her brain. <laughs> I fancy a spa. I want to go to the spa. I want a spa day. She gets to wake up and just be, I fancy the spa. I have to wake up. There's a thousand problems, real stress, real headache. I don't have time to just go to the spa. She has no issues. Paid for. Her life's easy. If you have to text me and say, it is about me, it's about you, bro. 100%. What? 100%. Can I go to the spa? That's how empty their their lives are when they have a man who they truly care about. They ain't got to worry about nothing. They're taken care of. I've had women say to me, the best thing I like, I like about being with you because I don't have to think about nothing. It's just all done. Yeah, you get to just exist. Happy. As a man, you don't ever get that privilege ever. And that's just how it is. That's just how it is. So you're just going to have to get on with Don't it. Don't cry it about it. That's just how it is. Exactly. So that expectation's on you. It, it should drive you. And that's just how it is. hundred percent. And what's going to, what's interesting is I try, we talk about all these things on purpose because I genuinely believe if you're a man who takes complete responsibility for himself and responsibility for his life and responsibility for the people he cares about, you know, you need to become as strong and rich and successful as possible. And in the process of doing all of these things, you're not going to do it without a strong network. You're going to find a network of brothers. They're going to hold you accountable. And by the time you get to the end of all these things, you're going to end up naturally resisting evil. Yeah. naturally because it's the only end state is to get to a point where you go no this is wrong because i am protective of my women protective of my children and the what things they're trying to teach to the world and society are genuinely wrong yeah. and that's how you resist them so if you want to you can be an atheist if you're stupid enough that's fine but if you do enough good and you're actually trying to self-improve you're gonna end up finding god and doing god's work just by yeah. being a fantastic man anyway yeah yeah that's and that's why i don't give a shit about all this internet drama all this garbage none of these people are actually genuinely trying to serve god they're not going to actually genuinely make the world a better place yeah, like at the end of it what have you actually done 
And you have to decide. Yeah, completely. And you have to decide if you want to just be entertained by a clown show or if you want to actually genuinely improve your life. And if you want to genuinely improve your life, I'm going to play the clip again in case anyone missed it, pen and paper, because I'm going to do an email on this tomorrow about all the topics we discussed in the war room meeting. And I want you guys to once again, pay attention and understand that if you were in the war room meeting, if you were here at my house with other war room members, we raised $293,000 for tape pledge. We fed children, which is a huge karmic bonus. And then you paid attention to these lectures and we talked at length for over two days. We were speaking, smoking cigars, having a barbecue, chilling, talking about the most important things in life. Imagine how your life would change, how your worldview would change, how different a person you would be if you were involved in these conversations. So once again, write the subjects down because I'm going to do an email on them tomorrow. When you want to convince someone, you have to show you've thought about the path to the destination, right? If you have an idea, but you don't have a plan to get there, that's the difference between a dream. Everyone has a dream. We all have a dream. I have a dream. I become king of the world and I live on the moon. How are you going to do that, Andrew? Dunno. So I'll talk for a little bit. So when we talk about the sigils, one of the things that's most important about the sigils is they all complement each other. So you just nailed it by saying that you went on a super yacht and you expect to see all these killers. And then you get there and you're like, you're all nerds. Exactly. That's why we started the war room. Talk about excuses quickly. I'll tell two quick stories because both my dad and Amir, my fight coach, used to yell at me for making excuses. And the very basic premise is excuses are not for anyone else, they're for yourself. It's so you can feel better because nobody else actually gives a shit. And what he said about there's something primal about getting hit and hitting back, I completely agree with that. I think it's inside of every man at some level. And what you want to do is you want to be able to take that approach not towards just sparring but life in general. So when you just told me about your scenario, to me that sounds exciting. Like, oh, my investor's gone, I gotta get the old guy back, that miserable person who didn't wanna buy, I'll get my team motivated, shit, we need to make some money. It's Wolf of Wall Street, now it's fun. Let's talk about how women love men, because women love men by shielding them, because women can't handle pain. So when they love you, they try and shield you from pain, but it's actually ultimately destructive for you as a man. I'll give you the worst example of it ever. In fact, it's the number one thing I can't stand. It's been a long time since I've been in a street fight because I'm quite a quiet guy. How do they say you get perfect at something? Practice. Practice. But that's a lie. And you know why it's a lie? Because everyone says I'm an amazing speaker, but we've all been speaking our whole lives. Most of you have been speaking, a lot of you have been speaking longer than me. We just talked about speech, but in any area of your life, if you're ever blindsided and caught off guard, the number one first thing you should do is feedback. The first thing. I mean, I know this sounds obvious, but people don't do it. We spent weeks talking about how we ended up in jail. What could we have done to avoid coming to jail? Would we have made that choice? You have to understand that you are in a high, highly competitive environment. Yeah. You're performing. You're the main character in your own movie. Yeah. Everyone is watching you, or you at least want them to. Everyone you interact with in your universe is paying attention to you. They all have an opinion of you based on what you have done and how you speak and the way you act and the way you dress and the things you've done. So you need to sit there and understand what is the opinion people have of me. Everyone's heard work smart, not hard, right? No. That's bullshit. That's a lie. That's a lie, because trying to work smart, not hard, is what he described, and it's just a different form of laziness. Karma's real. You can call it God, you can call it live by the sword, die by the sword, you call it karma, you call it the secret, or attraction. There's all these different ways of describing the same thing. The reason he's doing it is because the guy in the house is doing it. The reason I train so hard is because my brother's fucking 25 kilo bigger than me. Right? It's amazing. That's what, that, it's that network, that energy around you, men who are constantly doing So we're going to do a quick Q&A for me and Tristan here.
answer some questions before we go. 20 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever you have any specific questions. And I'm doing this here on the emergency meeting because I get so many email questions. I'll try my best to reply to them, but I can't reply to them all because there's so many. So if you have any specific questions, feel free to fire them to us now. One guy just asked how you donate to Tape Pledge. Tape Pledge is for war room members only. It is a luxury. And it is a luxury because I genuinely believe there's no better karmic bonus to life than feeding starving kids. Kids who can't eat get a meal with your name on it. That has to be a good thing. It doesn't matter if you call it karma. It doesn't matter if you call it live by the sword, die by the sword. It doesn't matter if you call it give what you get. It's It's got to be a bonus to your life path. There's no way that can be a bad thing. And it's a, specifically for war room members, we do not accept outside donations. I donate 25 million a year of my own money. So I don't need anybody else's money. I allow people to donate and feed, feed kids to do them a favor. It's good for you and the children. I don't need anybody's money. I'm not trying to raise money here from anybody else. So if you want to donate to Tate Pledge, you have to be a War Room member and you have to come to the War Room events. Right. Someone asked me about Aiden Ross. Supposedly Aiden Ross is back on the lean. Is that true? Do you know who he is? I know a little bit about Aiden Ross, but I can't really like dive into stuff like that. Let's find out sort of media so if aiden is if aiden is is incessant on the fact that he wants to continue to take drugs then there's not much anybody else can do about that and he's gonna have to live the life path he's laying out for himself he's someone you spoke to already i'm guessing yeah i spoke to him i've done like podcasts with him he's a kid and i try and help him a bunch and then he got addicted to lean supposedly he's back addicted to lean i have things to do so if you're gonna get back on lean yeah but bro that comes down to the brotherhood thing again who do you have around you completely he's you know what i'm saying he's, like like even like you said, having money doesn't always equate to happiness. If you don't have the right people around you, if you don't have the right goals, if you don't have the right mind and, and incentives. So what people does he have around him that allows him to just keep doing that? Money is an amplifier. Money doesn't change anything about who you are. They say you find out who someone really is when they have money. That's true. But money amplifies. I'm not top G because I have money. I'm top G because I was a G and then got rich. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of people with more money than me who aren't top Gs. You have to, it amplifies who you are. So you have to become something when you're broke so that when you become rich, you get to stay that guy. Because when you're rich, it's too hard to forge yourself in fire. It's too difficult. Yeah. And if you look at the best people in life, if you look at the most interesting, most inspirational men on the planet, all of them have been through hell. Name a guy who you really respect who hasn't had a hard, difficult life. And then they, they went through some shit. So you're supposed to go through it. And then if you get enough money, you can amplify all those characteristics about yourself, like the fact that you're extremely brave and resilient yeah. and you get a platform and you can teach the world, et cetera. But it only amplifies. Someone like Aiden Ross, who's a little nerd, made a bunch of money streaming, stayed a little nerd. Now he's a super nerd on lean. How old is he? I don't know, bro. He's like 20 something. He's got like 50 million a year from some haram. Well, I guess he's still got time to grow and stuff, but he needs to find out quick. That's the truth. And, but uh, yeah, of course. But this is another thing. This is really interesting. When you stand for nothing, and the only way you can even keep your career is to a degree drama, to a degree being a clown and attracting attention for being entertaining, not for being knowledgeable, not for yeah. educating, but entertaining other people. You're entertaining as a person if you keep going on and off drugs. We wouldn't be talking about him unless he was going on and off drugs. So he makes his, he's like a clown. So that's what, exactly. And most of these influencers are. That's how they stay influencing, influencing by doing clown shit. By doing dumb shit. They have to do dumb shit or nobody talks about them. So that's a hedonistic path towards hell anyway. If he converted 
and he actually started paying attention to God and started actually trying to help the world and feeding children. If he went out there and did difficult things and learned life lessons and came back on stream and talked about what he learned, if he took actual risk and told the world about how it feels to be afraid and how it feels to be brave, if he actually went through something, he could educate people, but he's afraid. So because he's afraid and he's a coward, what else can you do but be a clown? And how do you be a clown? What do clowns do? They self-depreciate for your entertainment. They make a fool of themselves so you laugh. So why is he back on lean? For views, I guess. He may not even realize that himself. But that's why he's back on lean. He's back on lean so he has something to talk about on his fucking stupid show. And I actually like Aiden as a person. But if he's genuinely back on drugs, that's why he's done it. How many times can I try and help the guy? I've told him, go to the gym, get in fantastic shape. You're rich and young. You should be built like a, an animal. If he's not going to do that and just go back on drugs, then what, what can I do for him? And also, there's another thing that's very important. People around you are only going to care about you for so long as a man until you give up. Yeah. I'll tell you about me as a person. If I drive down the road and someone comes up to my car begging for money, if they're an old lady, I give them money. If they're a lady, I give them money. If you're a young man and you ask me for money, no. <laughs> yeah. Get a job. Yeah. You're a dude. There's not a reason good enough that you're here. Yeah, completely. There's no reason why you can't make some money without begging because you're a man. You could carry bricks. Do something. Yeah. Women get away with that stuff. Old people can get away with it. But if you're a young military age man, there's no excuse for this shit. Absolutely no excuse. Got a question here. Tate, I just moved to Germany. I'm extremely lonely because I don't know German. What should I do? Bruv. Thank you. Bruv. Let me tell you a story. <laughs> a story about a man who moved to Romania seven years ago and doesn't speak a lick of Romanian. But he is such an interesting, important person that people will learn English just to talk to him. Because he is, he's the A side in the conversation. I don't have to learn their language because if they want to talk to me, they have to talk to me in my language. Because if they speak to me, they will gain knowledge. The fact that you're walking around talking English and Germans don't even want to bother using broken English to communicate with you means you're a loser. It is your fault. The reason you're going up to people going, hey, my name's Dan, and they're replying in German. They do not have any interest <laughs> in speaking to you. That is true. Because you're a dummy. If you were big and strong and you got out of a Ferrari and you went up to a German guy and said, I need to talk to you, he'd be like, whoa, He'll okay. find a way. He'll find a way. Google Translate something. Nobody wants to talk to you because you're a nerd. So it's 100% your fault. Everything in life is your fault. Even the fact that Germans don't want to speak to you in English. That is your fault. You're not important enough. Right. People tell me they haven't got time. I don't want to hear that again. If you haven't got time, then stay a loser. If you don't have time, just stay a loser. It's no problem. If you don't have time to become successful, you can stay a loser. That's fine. Because there's no winners without losers. And I want to stay a winner. And there's no light without dark. And someone has to make the burgers. So just make the burgers, flip the burgers. It's absolutely fine by me. When I go to McDonald's, someone has to serve me. So if you're busy, safe. Hmm. Go to McDonald's, do your job. I don't know how you're too busy to make money and live a fantastic life, but you're not too busy to work at McDonald's. You're going to have to explain that to God and your ancestors and your chick when she leaves you. You're going to have to explain that. You're going to have to explain that to her. You've been working at McDonald's 11 <laughs> years. I don't have time. <laughs> Come on. How do I find network? We've answered all these questions already. We've explained that if you become a person of genuine value, you're going to find network by extension. You're going to find network automatically. Yeah. It's very easy to find good people when you're a good person. And that's another thing. It's probably the final point I want to mention. We talk about girls being broken, society being broken, et cetera. But let me tell you something that's going to annoy all the nerds, and it should annoy you. And if it doesn't annoy you, then you have a problem. Because when you're at the tip, tip, top, good girls are everywhere. Yeah. Good women are everywhere. There are still some left, but they want me. <laughs> they don't want you. Because <laughs> they're good women. Yeah. Sure. They're like, no, I want the top G. I'm a good woman. 
I've slept with less than three people my entire life. I'm absolutely gorgeous. I cook, I clean, I look after my man. I'm loyal, I dress right, I speak respectfully. I'm not gonna go out with Joe Schmo. Nah, sure, yeah. Why would they? They have an innate value. Why would they give their value to some dork? Would you date you? Exactly, especially if you were a chick that had what, what real G's want yeah. and you behave yourself. No, of course not. And there's another worst thing about being average. I said this to a guy once, and I said this on a lot of pods. The worst thing about being average is now you know your chick fucks average dudes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's facts, though. So not every average man can take your chick. Yeah. She goes to buy a Starbucks, comes back with a phone number. What the fuck? Yeah, nah. You got to be careful. So the only way to win is just to be a G. If you're a G, so many problems go away. Women ain't going to want to downgrade. They're not going to go from me and, and just get with anyone. Yeah. They're yeah. going to break up and be like, shit. There's a high, there's a high bar to me. There's a very there's high, a bar, high to me. bar to me. I may as well just text Andrew for the 55th time. <laughs> Maybe he'll reply. <laughs> there's nowhere to go. Yeah. There's nowhere to go. And, 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 and that's a beautiful feeling. It's a beautiful feeling. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend it isn't, but I built that all absolutely hardly myself. And I tell every single man who watches my stuff, you can be as important as I am. If you're prepared to go through what I've been through and work as hard as I work. And if you're not, then you're never going to be as important as I am. And you're going to have to accept your life as a less important man. If you can accept that and live with that and sleep at night. Cool. I can't sleep at night. If people can buy shit. I can't buy and do shit. I can't do. If I see a dude with things I don't have, I'm like, nah, I'm not having that. What? Hard work trumps at most things. hundred percent, bro. Cause no one's a, it's the average man doesn't work very hard. So if you work very hard, it's impossible to be average. Yeah, that's facts. Literally, that's literally. Facts. $20 to the children. Thank you very much. I'll do my best to add it, but we don't typically take take pledge donations. But I'm going to add that $20 in because you gave it to us. So that's today's emergency meeting. If you haven't signed up to the free email list on cobratake.com, then you are destined to be a loser forever. If a billionaire, because my net worth is close to a billion dollars, sits and tells you he will write an email every day and give it to you for free to help with your mindset and with your finances. And all you have to do is take three seconds to sign up and it costs nothing. If you still do not do that, you deserve to stay eternally poor and your bloodline will hate you. Your grandchildren will sit around saying, remember great granddad had the chance to join Andrew's email list and didn't because he was busy. <laughs> no time. No time. No time. So if you're not going to sign up to the email list on corporate.com, you deserve eternal slavery. And don't worry, God will give you exactly what you deserve. If you do sign up, I'm going to do a very important email tonight and perhaps tomorrow morning about the subjects we discussed. If you did write those subjects down, I'd be very interested in hearing you tell me, you self-reflect and be a full-grown man, and you tell me how your life would improve if you heard those conversations in full and applied them to your life. And you can do that on Twitter or X now it's just called at Cobra Tate. You can message me tonight on X. I'm going to be on Twitter all night. Tell me how your life would genuinely improve if you listen to those long format speeches and you actually applied them to your life. Because once you understand how great your life can be, you're going to be extremely motivated to go out there and get it. This has been another emergency meeting with me and Tristan. Thank you again very much, Tristan Tate. I appreciate Thank it. You, man. Thank you. Thank I appreciate you. it. Next time you come on though, I want some details on the video. I think it's very important you let the world know when you do the video, you should do it. <laughs> I don't think you should be hiding anymore. So let people. It's gonna be very interesting this fight. We'll see what happens with the next two. Last guy we're gonna finish with. I'm gonna change the camera. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
you, my dude. You sure? All right, guys, so the free email list on coppertape.com. Gangster. Free email list on coppertape.com. We'll be doing another emergency meeting very soon. The next one's going to build off of this one. So if you haven't written down the subjects, then go back in this stream, watch it, write them down, and come at me with your plan on Twitter, how your life would improve. I'll be retweeting some of them. It's also a chance for you to blow up and expand your socials within an attention economy. The more attention you get, the more rich you're going to be. If I retweet you, it's basically a blessing because I'm a very nice man. I'm going to help some of you who have been perspicacious enough to pay serious attention to this emergency meeting. And all in all, to save the world, you just have to be a better person and be happy. That's all you have to do. And then you can work for God.